This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. to Dooblets Like the 80s, I'm RJ McCready and today I'm going to bring you a bonus episode um, which will kind of complement the main show, we're still going to do, me and Mark are still going to do the main show together but I thought in between doing that I thought about doing some bonus episodes just to talk about some films that um, we've forgotten about in the 80s uh, so we're going to be talking about sci-fi movies, action movies, um, high school rom-coms, all those sort of things um, Films that came out that were supposed to be good, that didn't do too well uh, critically or commercially, but they kind of created um, a little bit of a cult following. Um, and I see you guys posting this sort of stuff on Facebook. Uh, it'd be good to um, get you guys involved as well. Let me know if there's a film you want me to review and uh, you think it deserves a little bit more credit. I'll happily do it. Just uh, post it on the page. But today. Um, I've picked Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Anybody that knows me um, knows I'm a big fan of that film. Matthew Tangent, if you're listening, man, you'll know it as well. Um, so I'm just going like to talk about yeah, why I like the film. Um, you know, it's good points, some of it's bad points. Um, but yeah, I think uh, films like this that just need a bit of credit. So what I'm going to do, uh, going to play your trailer. And then we're going to get back, and then um, I'm not I'm not going to do a massive review on these films. We're going to talk about, like, say, what's what's good about it. Um, chuck in a little bit of film trivia and stuff like that. So here's a trailer. I'll get back to you guys soon. In two weeks, Columbia Pictures will present 3D as you've never seen it before. The first quality 3D film backed by a major studio. The first to use a new state-of-the-art 3D product. 
process. This is Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. It's the story of three unlikely heroes. Their destination, the Forbidden Zone. Their mission, save three stranded women. I like her. Their chances, one in a million. I'll take that bet. Columbia Pictures presents outer space as you've never seen it before. The ultimate 3D experience. Can't anything be simple anymore. Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. In 3D, the first movie that puts you in outer space. Rated PG. Coming soon to a theater near you. And welcome back guys, so you've just heard the trailer to the movie and it's the only film that put you into outer space, how about that, only in the 80s. Um, so the film came out in 1983 and it was backed by Columbia Pictures with a very um, reasonable budget of 14 million dollars. Um, so it wasn't a cheap movie, uh, the studio put a lot of money into it. Um, it also came out at the same time as uh, Jaws 3D and Friday the 13th Part 3. So you had a combination of all these different genres, including the franchise being Jaws and Friday the 13th. Um, so I think, I guess, uh, Space Hunter was kind of like branching out to the Star Wars um, theme, uh, which is pretty evident when you watch the movie it's got a few nods to it uh, also Mad Max that came out at that time so it's kind of like a sort of hybrid of those two movies you know what I'm absolutely fine with that I think um, I think the movie's got its own own charm to it as well so the synopsis for this film is on a distant planet inhabited by mutants two bounty hunters race to rescue three earth female captives from the clutches of an evil mutant warlord and it stars Peter Strauss, Molly Ringwald, Ernie Hudson and Michael Ironside. Um, it was directed by Lamont Johnson. Uh, I think this was his first major studio movie. Um, I think he's done, he's more famous for doing uh, TV work. I think he's done a few episodes of The Twilight Zone uh, back in the 60s. You've also got Elmer Bernstein attached to this and he did the music scores to um, The Magnificent Seven and The Great Escape and that is a thumping soundtrack at the beginning of this movie and I, I actually think the soundtrack to this film goes very well um, with the movie. Um, the other thing to this film I'd like to mention is that it's it's got a precursor to Ghostbusters. So you've got Ivan Reitman is an executive producer who directed Ghostbusters. You've also got Ernie Hudson and the guy at the beginning of this film on the intercom was actually Harold Ramey um, who plays Igor in the movie. So there's actually quite a bit of uh, got a branch out to Ghostbusters. So this came out in 83, Ghostbusters came out in 84. Although I'm comparing the two movies but I'm just saying it's actually got a hidden Ghostbusters reference to it. The studio also employed um, Marvel comic book writers to help with the script, which I think is pretty cool. So that's another cool bit of trivia for the film. So all in all, when you combine it, you've got Star Wars, you've got Mad Max, you've got Marvel comics attached to this, you've got Ivan Reitman, who made one of the best films of the 80s being Ghostbusters. Um, you've got 
Ernie Hudson. And I think Ernie Hudson in any sort of movie he does is just worth the screen time, man. And not to forget, you've got Molly Ringwald. This was um, her first movie. Um, and then she went on to go and do uh, The Breakfast Club and uh, 16 Candles. So she, she had a great career. But getting on with this film, uh, it starts off with, uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, the great introduction uh, of the Elmer Bernstein uh, soundtrack and the word Space Hunter bursting onto the screen, which is like the 3D effect. And then you've kind of got, I suppose this is a big nod to Star Wars. Um, it's almost like you've got the warp drive in the Millennium Falcon as you're sort of, I suppose, when you was in the cinema back in the day. They're been pretty cool. Then you've got a space station or something that blows up at the beginning and there's a space capsule that um, like some sort of rescue pod or something that goes onto the planet. And out of that you've got three very beautiful looking girls that come out from the pod and they look like they've just come out from a Barbarella comic or something. And then they get captured by the, I think it's the Zoners, uh, I think they're the people on the planet who are having a war with um, uh, Overdog, who's the antagonist in this movie. Then after that, you've got um, you have an intercom voice, which I mentioned earlier, which is uh, Hal Ramey, who is then given our uh, main hero or protagonist the some good news. And when you're in space, man, this is just the sort of intercom message you need. Um, I'll let it play out, guys. You listen to it. I got a lot of messages for you, Wolf. We got a transmission from a guy in Omega Six. He's got eight tons of beryllium scrap. He wants you to pick it up as soon as you can. And the police called from the 42 sector. You got 105 parking tickets. I think you should take care of that. And your ex-wife is looking for you. She hasn't gotten a check from you in three months. Oh, and the administrator of your housing unit says you're two months behind in your rent. You have five days to pay up. So yeah, there you go. That's, uh... <laughs> it creases me up every time, that message. Uh, that's the introduction to our hero. He's, um... He's an everyday galaxy hopping garbage guy stroke bounty hunter. So um, that is Wolf. That is the introduction to our character. So joining Wolf is his female engineer called Chalmers, who he could only afford a night shirt for. I guess he had all those uh, parking tickets to pay for. And um, with 3,000 mega credits, he might be able to sort that out. So the film revolves around a planet called Terra 11. Um, it's got a backstory which they briefly go into. Um, it's some sort of foul colony that's um, suffered from a plague. And the backstory in this planet is that uh, the antagonist in this movie, Michael Ironside, he plays Overdog, um, was a doctor that was supposed to go there and help things out. Um, and he's turned into a cyborg. They don't go into that. They don't really need to, really. But um, there is a backstory there. Um, so Wolf lands on the planet. And this is where you see his vehicle, the Scrambler, and that's pretty badass. When I was a kid, I wanted one. It's got um, it's got like a missile launcher on the side of it, and it looks like it's just come out from a Mad Max movie, which um, I think that's what they were going for. And then it goes straight into the action. Uh, Wolf comes across a, it's like a train with sails on it. Pretty cool. It's run by a group of uh, people called the Scavs who are fighting Overdog on the planet. There's a there's a war between them. Uh, these guys have captured the females. Um, I think they're obviously in for the reward themselves. But before Wolf can intercept them, they 
the scavs are then battling the marauders, which is um, Overdog's henchmen. So you've got your first battle scene. That's pretty cool. Um, it looks like um, a scene out of Mad Max. You've got all practical special effects. And here's a little clip of it here. Cover me. So that's a pretty cool scene. Um, it's the first time you see Wolf in action and uh, he can handle himself, um, I guess from his uh, military background. Um, but he fails in his attempt. The marauders capture the females and they get taken away by these dudes on these hand gliders. The scavs, the guys on the train, try to help Wolf out and they tell him that um, they've been taken to Overdog's lair and Wolf proceeds to venture on his own to find it. And this is where he comes across Nikki, uh, which is Molly Ringwald. And here's another clip. What the hell are you? What do you think I am, you scrawny earthbag? I'm a woman. And there you go. What the hell are you? What a great scene. So at first, Wolf is reluctant to take the help of Nikki, but he's got no choice. He doesn't know where the Forbidden Zone is. So Nikki leads leads Wolf on the way. They then set up camp and this is where you come across the next character which is uh, played by Ernie Hudson as I said before whatever movies he's in he deserves the screen time man he's brilliant. So in this he plays a character called Washington he drives another Mad Max vehicle just like a plough he has a confrontation with Wolf and it turns out that Washington is one of uh, Wolf's ex-military um, buddies and here's another scene. You're getting soft, Washington. Must be past your prime. Well, at least I had a prime. You're still waiting for yours to arrive. So as you can see, um, gets on pretty well with people. <laughs> um, so he declines Washington's help and Nicky and Wolf um, then pursue on to try and find these girls. And along the way, they get attacked by mutant humanoids. They come across uh, strange Amazon-like women and a dragon in the water. And Wolf ends up losing his trustworthy um, scrambler and uh, is forced to continue on foot. Eventually, they come across Washington again, who's then um, managed to retrieve his vehicle. And between Wolf and Washington, they split the world 50-50 and decide to go to the Vibbin Zone together and join up. So the film, you know, as I said earlier, packs a lot in. There's a lot in this movie for um, 90 minutes. So Wolf, Washington and Nicky, they kind of join forces um, and then they set up camps uh, just before they go to the Forbidden Zone. And this is quite a creepy scene. They come across um, mutated children and it's a pretty, pretty dark scene, actually. This is where this, is, this film, I think, can be like borderline horror film. And here's a scene of that right now. Why, they're children. Aren't they? The overdog did this, and the chemists with their germ works. To children? This whole planet gives me the creeps. Here. 
So there you go, guys. Pretty creepy scene. Our heroes manage to escape. Uh, they then go on to the uh, Overdog's Fortress, where there's a game show. It's a little bit like The Running Man, where prisoners have to fight their lives against um, machines with knives and swords or hacky the bits. So Wolf and Washington sneak into the fortress and they leave Nikki behind. But obviously she doesn't do as she's told. She snoops around herself and then she gets captured by Overdog. And we've got this scene here. Congratulations. You made it through. You have a very enviable life force. A life force you're going to share with me. But you said if I made it through, I'm free. I lied. And this is where the film kind of turns on its foot. So you got Wolf who's gone out for this reward. He manages to rescue the girls at this point with Washington, gets him out of the cage. Um, and actually Washington says, well, leave Nikki behind. Um, but this is where Wolf steps up and goes, no, I'm going to go and rescue her. Uh, this is kind of where he sort of, I think he's found some sort of redemption or something like that. And Wolf has a final showdown with um, Overdog. He... Um, Manages to rescue Nikki and he blows over dog up and you get this final scene here. How do you know I won't double crash you and keep you both? Boom, that's it. There you go. Overdog's destroyed. Girls are rescued. Um, everybody gets out of the fortress and um, Wolf can go away and park, pay off his uh, 105 parking tickets he's got. And that's the end of the movie, basically. That is Space Hunter. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I think it's a good film. It's um, what I like about it. It's not too long. It rolls at a very good pace, very fast pace. There's a lot packed in it. It's got everything I want in a movie would i go and watch a film like this today absolutely practical special effects and the lineup's pretty good i mean it's you know michael ironside playing playing the bad guy is always good molly ringwald she gets i've heard people say that she's annoying in this film but i think that's the part of this movie it's all about um a grumpy protagonist being wolf he's like i said he's trying to look for a little bit of redemption in his life and he finds it in Nicky, where at the end of the movie he's gone out for the 3,000 mega credits, where really he's, in, in the end he's, he has to rescue her. And he does the right thing in the end. So other films related to this now, I would say I've seen this. It's actually quite an old film now. Waterworld, similar sort of film with Kevin Costner. Does a similar sort of thing at the end of that movie. There's also a, um, a computer game that came out on the PlayStation 4 called The Last of Us. Um, where you've got the same type of story where you've kind of got a grumpy guy who's in the zombie apocalypse who has to save a young girl. So that's, whether it's Space Hunter that's done that, this type of uh, genre of movie um, has carried on a trend. But yeah, go check it out, guys. If anybody, <laughs> if I've inspired anybody to watch this film, then I've done my job. But um, like I said, I'm going to carry on with this bonus episodes for the show. I'm going to be doing, I'm looking to do 3 o'clock high next, so that's going to be my next project, so um, hopefully I'll get that out soon. And um, that's it guys, hopefully you enjoyed the show, and I will see you guys soon.